episode 79 80 episode 80 this is your host sean tudor and this is sam and this is ryan gray nice you still forgot yeah yeah so um this is going to be a tutor episode and we research life so you can have a fulfilled life boom you really should just do it before you say your name i'll start doing it before i say my name oh, okay <laughs> we're working on it guys all right ryan's here i am here he's joining us and it's gonna be a good one it is gonna be a good one um no one really watches our youtube videos I can tell because... We don't have any views. We have zero views. Uh, but if you look at it, we have a different background. And we're in a different room. Yeah, we moved down to the basement and uh, have a different backdrop now. And a different table. And a different table. And we actually get to use our mics, our mic stands again. It's just a, a lot of good stuff. And Mimi is trying to get a toy on top of the book stand. Yep. Okay. Well, Fun stuff. Yeah, it's good Good times. Oh, oh, hey, Sam. What? Bought a Corvette yesterday. We did buy a Corvette <laughs> It was an accident. It was not an accident. It wasn't an accident. Ugh. We waited a whole week to go get it. Yep. Um, uh, do you want to talk about it? Because you love talking about cars on this podcast. I just do quick. Uh, so, it's like a lot more original than our other one. And I saw it for sale. And I was the first one to message him. So, I got dibs. Thankfully, the guy was a stand-up guy. Um, and let me have first go at it. So it went, it's a lot more original, so that's why I liked it. Um, and after driving it, I'm like, yeah, um, I don't really want my other one because this is just a lot nicer. It's just like cleaner, you know? <laughs> it's so much cleaner. Ah. So anyhow, um, Mimi's attacking Ryan. But yeah, I like the Corvette. I'm, I'm happy with it. So if anyone wants a 74 Corvette, let me know. I'll be selling one. Yes. What's the price, Sean? Um, $8,000. Oh. Chill. $8,000 if you want it. Okay. Free test drives? Of course. Obvi. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. What do we got, Sam? What do we got today? We're kind of going to piggyback off of what we talked about at the end of Friday's episode. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my gosh. This dog is fucking wild. Yep. She loves Cereal. when we have guests. Okay. All right, so we're going to talk about the beginning phases of a business and why or like what is most important, which is... I thought we were talking about the middle part. Well, we got to talk about the beginning to get to the middle. We've talked about the beginning. Yeah, we're going to do it again. Okay, fine. Because um, you can't... The, the main part of a business is just making sure it's viable and running before you can really worry about a lot of the fine details mm -hmm. you just got to get rolling i think we're going to use stable living as a example quite a bit yeah sweet your Love business it. is a good business to use because we grew up from nothing it's yeah fun yeah now you get to grow it from where it's at <laughs> and that'll that'll be also uh -huh. fun sure <laughs> all right ryan what do you got for us what are you thinking about that so far um, I would say, I guess just for the beginning, which me and Sean talked about this at our mastermind kind of, but just building a foundation, um, really making sure that there's customers for what you need, I think is the big one. Yep. Um, just kind of finding that need, um, in an industry, which in construction for your business now is pretty self-explanatory. Everybody needs that. Yep. Um, so I'd say just finding that customer base and then just trying to, you know, basically figure out the little intricate things to make sure you can actually perform the service. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah, having uh, having the level of skill set 
to make sure you can perform what the market needs. Yeah. And then making sure that you can make money off of the business so that you can keep it growing. Yeah. I love it. And that's kind of, that's fluid though. That's with like, um, I would say our first year, like year and a half with stable living was just figuring out what was going to be like, what the numbers were going to be that would work for us to profit and like where wages would have to be set, what our rates would have to be, things like that. Um, and that's the same thing with construction. We're just like, Hey, we'll try a job. We'll bid it at this. Okay. What's money look like making there? Okay. Well, we might need to up rates here. We can keep rates here the same. Oh, we went a little high here. Um, but yeah, just figuring out what the, uh, the whole profiting is kind of fluid in the first beginning stages, I would say. Mm -hmm. And then you can also like figure out if like your service is better than others. Cause then you can also like raise your prices if you're giving a better service. A hundred percent. Yeah. So that's kind of like what we've been, um, telling Carly at mastermind, um, mm -hmm. uh, because she uses better products than other places for some of her stuff, but yeah. she still has her prices like the same, the same. Mm -hmm. Um, so she's not making as much money as those other places cause her product is more expensive. Mm -hmm. So like we told her if you're, if you have a better service, like you can charge more money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, figuring out that stuff. For sure. It's fun. Yeah. Finding that niche customer probably would be the big thing. Mm -hmm. A niche customer would be a very good thing. Or just your customers in general. Like for her, it's that higher probably, or people that want higher quality. So they'll be willing to pay more. Mm -hmm. Yep. So figuring that out. Yeah. And like you guys um, at Stable Living figured out oh like you didn't want ed elderly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then you kind of geared towards the behavioral and then now you're kind of steering a little more away from mm -hmm. or not behavioral, <laughs> uh, correctional. There correctional. it is. Yeah. 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 A little, little away from correctional. A little soon away from correctional after a few uh, fun adventures. Correctional, I feel like just has such a high turnover rate. It does. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's how it should be. It is. Because... In reality, you should be helping them progress and transition out. Right, transition into mm -hmm. normal life again. Mm -hmm. um, Which but I think was that we really made our name for ourselves at the beginning, taking those clients and really be like, hey, we can do it all. But and then after all, we're like, okay, why does no one take these people? Well, that's <laughs> because they uh, don't work out, and you can't really make it long term. So. Yeah, yeah. It was a good way though to get like established and get the name and know and people know that we're like a reputable company you know and we definitely had some fun experiences with some of them oh yeah i love it dude one of them called me the other day it was so fun oh my gosh <laughs> i'm like ryan you already know oh, yeah yeah Colin, i'm just like, i love it man i love it he's like what's ryan's number i'm like i'll do you one don't, better here's ryan's and cody's <laughs> please tell me he's gonna call cody yeah, i told would him your mom will go to the basement <laughs> oh no. Hey, hey no, we he, got room. No. I would allow that to happen. No. <laughs> I honestly was so afraid that he would just show up at our house one day. Oh, it might happen. No, it he might. lives in South Dakota now. Okay. All right. Not so, the same wait, let's state. leave it there. That, that's probably, it. Yeah. Then, then we get too. Then we get too far. Um. Yeah, that's funny. Yep. Good times. Um, but so I mean, you you've kind of found your niche market now. Like you you like the behavioral ones. And DD right. Yeah, yeah, more more disabled, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. which just less no physical behaviors. That's our big thing now. Yeah, right. But those guys are they're like a lot more fun to hang out with. They are. Yeah. Uh, 
and growth wise, just, I mean, when you have those behavioral people, it takes a lot more training to train your team where now if we want to grow and get big, we can not do that. Yeah. Right. Clients that are. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you guys haven't had to do like extensive CPI anymore and stuff. No. Nope. Yeah. That's nice. It's a lot less. Mm-hmm. A lot less of a headache. Time and cost for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So yeah, niche, knowing your niche. Mm-hmm. That is though, like, right. It took like four years to dial in a niche yeah, for stable living. So, I mean, having an idea of what you're doing, but they, they say that like until, or they say it's kind of like until you make your first million, you say yes to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Once you made your first million, then you have to start saying no to everything. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I mean, when you guys first, first started, like they literally told you, you have to take every yeah. client they offer you. Yeah. Because that was the only way to get into it. Yeah, I really like that. The whole say yes to everything. I think a lot of new business owners at the beginning they try to they try to do it their way, and it's like you know that yeah. that might work, but at the same time, if you do say no a lot, you might not have any customers. So. You're you're limiting yourself way too much to begin with until you can right get a good name out there. And that's kind of what you're doing right now too, Sean. Um. Yeah, yeah, I'm switching to that because I was like, oh yeah, I'm only gonna flip and burr. And then I was like, no, I just got to say yes to a lot of stuff to mm. get a good name. And then I can do the stuff I want to do. But until yep. then, I kind of just got to do a lot of stuff, which yeah. is fine. I don't mind it. We know how to do it all, so why not, right? Right. Except exterior stuff. Ugh. <laughs> There's just so many no, variables. No siding one day? Ah, uh, I don't know. It Maybe. would be fun. Maybe. There's just a lot. I don't know. There's a lot of variables with that, I feel like. Could but Gibby always help? Because Gibby does siding, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. So you could always, like, work with Gibby for a little bit yeah. to learn some stuff. I'm yeah. sure you guys have said this, but, Sean, do you want to break down maybe, like, what your niche is now and, like, what you think your customer base would be on both sides? Yeah, so what what I, like, what Kyle and I kind of want to focus on is really, like, a unit turnover sort of deal um, or updates in houses. So focusing on the prettying of stuff, so floors, trims, paints, um, a no. lot less of the structural stuff and more of like prettifying everything. Yeah. No more mustard yellow. Huh. No more. That was an accident. I tell you what, dude, those freaking colors on the sticks turn out way different than they do on the, on the I walls. don't know. I don't think you should do a yellow in the house anyways. Yeah. Unless if like, like Kyle and Katie, they have yellow on their bedroom, but like that like matches their like theme for their bedroom. That's fine. But when you have, and it's just one wall now. Yeah, we're going to actually switch to this thing from, like, I don't even, there's a TikTok on it. It's like a, it's like an off-white, but depending on the lighting, it either looks like tan or a gray or a cream, and so I'm like, oh, that will go really good in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess our, so that's, like, our niche in that market. Um, and then flips, dude, we pretty much take anything except massive reconstruction we'll move a wall or two um and then we'll do like a full gut job but mm, there's one we're looking at right now that would take full gut interior and exterior and redone it's like dude that would be a freaking headache Mm -hmm. but i don't know yeah that's kind of what we're looking at now are you staying just like in eau claire and chippewa oh for like work yeah yeah not for like I guess not for properties, like our properties we get, but as far as like our work, yeah. Mm. So. Mm. So is that the beginning part of the business? 
Yeah, that's going to be the beginning part. I don't know, it'd be nice to build out a little team to focus on that, allowing Kyle and I to focus more on the properties and stuff, mm-hmm. flips and burrs and whatnot. Um, because, yeah, so I guess our big thing is we're going to be doing flips and burrs um, and then interior renovations, unit turnovers, things like that. Yes. Yep. So it'd be nice to have a team. Our, our idea is to build as we have the as we have the work, build a team. Um, so then hopefully we can have a team just doing unit turnovers. Um, oh, yeah. Down the line. Sounds like property management. Oh my god, dude! I would be pretty <laughs> pretty much property management without the. So Ryan energy. does the tenant side, Damn, and Sean does bro. the maintenance side, Damn. and builds out the maintenance. Sounds oh. like a great idea, but we can move on. That is, dude, <laughs> I, I will be honest, that is tempting. That is tempting. I don't, yeah, that's tempting. Just got to have Kyle answer the maintenance calls. And I'll answer all the rest. There we go. I think, I think that'd be a pretty easy role to put, like, because, I mean, right now, dude, just any, any office admin takes calls about, maintenance and then they just send it to a maintenance yeah. guy then the maintenance guys to figure it out mm-hmm. i might have hired jordan so that'd be super cool dude well that's maintenance god right there right no oh well okay. maybe i don't know dude i don't know i think jordan can do anything she wants to do she might need some training by to its home improvement oh yeah she's stud <laughs> um no that'd be a good one that, that that'd really help but then if we did that, we'd have to get a brokerage. So who's getting their realtor that's, license? That's the big question. Sam. Oh, babe. <laughs> Your personality type is selling. Oh. I don't even want to sell it. I just want someone to figure out the brokerage. And then there's systems and brokerages. Dude, a lot of them. I will tell you, it was always my goal to own a brokerage. When? you have, I have never heard that from you. I before. wanted to own two things. <laughs> This was like five years ago. I was like, I want to own a fucking brokerage and a CPA firm. No reason why. <laughs> I just thought it'd be awesome. I, once again, have never heard that. <laughs> that ever. was before Ryan and Sam. I just thought it'd be cool. Because I was like, dude, CPAs are smart, right? Accounting's fun, I thought. And um, so Sam has the brokerage. Yeah. Eva has a CPA firm. There we go. Sean runs the maintenance and turnovers. Hey, it's kind of, it would kind of be like what I wanted. And Ryan does what he does now, and that'd be dealing with tenants. <laughs> and actually, Eva, because doesn't Eva really want to do vacation rentals too? Yeah. Yeah. There, we, there go. we go. We're all set. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that shit's cool. And then we could have Laura manage our... Uh... Airbnbs. Yeah. Oh, we were supposed to meet with her this week. That'd be a good team. You I'll never told her. me. No, I know. I forgot to message her. I would oh. say, though, the... Main thing with that, like property management, I guess I think that'd be like a good example with the business that like your goal is to provide as much value, which probably will lead to money, but at the same time, like there's properties and a lot like we were talking to me and Sean, like property management will lead you to other opportunities because you yeah. you're managing everybody's property and if you do a good job, well who are they gonna sell their property to one day? Right. That's oh, so true, yeah. Yep. Yeah, because isn't that how C V P M how they have gotten a lot of their properties? I'm sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, we talked, we've talked about that with property managers. You don't, it's not that you're making, you don't really make money property managing. You pretty much break even. It's the referrals you get, the value you bring, the control you have, stuff like that. Unit turnovers, you might make money. Dude, I'm going to fucking <laughs> tell you, they make money on unit turnovers because I yeah. see what they charge and it's like right in line with what I charge. And I'm just like, oh yeah, that is our profit margin. Like that is, that is right. So... 
The only thing I wonder with those unit turnovers, dude, I know some of my floors aren't that level, and I didn't get charged for floor leveling, and I'm like, I know you didn't level the floors, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so... Probably not. No, I kind of have been starting to think about that is like, depending on, depending on the level of unit, um, and depending on how long we plan to hold a unit, um, actually spending an extra like thousand bucks. No, it, it actually be probably like $2,000 to level the floors, um, and put like quarter inch subfloor down over the level of floors, then doing glue down instead of vinyl plank. You could take a property that's got a 10-year lifespan and boost it to a 20-year just like that. That's so true. Um, and so it's kind of, we were kind of talking about that. Like, dude, depending on what kind of level properties you have, that could really be the ticket to spend $2,000 more. And then you just set up. Because those glue downs, if, if a tenant destroys one or two or three pieces, you just take a heat gun, heat it up, peel that one out, reapply glue, stick a new one down. Nice. Where all the vinyl, because you and I have been doing vinyl plank and everything, that happens, dude. You pretty much got to tear out the vinyl plank. You're screwed. And most companies are using vinyl plank right now. Um, and so I'm like, damn, dude, that would actually, the glue down and spending that little extra time and money might be uh, really beneficial. So when we go to Logan's event, we should really make sure we look at, he has like one flooring, one yeah, on everything that he uses for his turnovers. So maybe, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if he has it mastered since probably hasn't had him on there for 20 years but right yeah and i mean you that's just that's just hearsay who knows if if that's the actual length but i like talked to the guys at carpet city and stuff and and looked at some of them and like damn dude these glue down products the, the thing with the glue down though is you got to have a really good surface and most of the stuff we're buying doesn't have a good surface you have mm-hmm. to make a good sur- surface you know that that's makes sense the big, yeah that's that's the huge difference is like you're spending extra money because you have to make that surface so is this going to be a construction podcast nope sorry well, on to the next that's my bad um so the first part of so the beginning part about making business is finding your niche and making money yep and like invest reinvesting your money yep customers customers, customers. so the niche for sure yep so then we move into right like a, a middle stage which is going to be you have to do have a surplus of value and systems to build off of that foundation you originally set up. Mm. So that's kind of what we were talking about on Friday mm-hmm. was like the middle part of business. Like, so once you're making money, once you've like grown figured that out, figured out yeah. business, then you can start focusing on bringing value, which the money follows the value yeah, you bring. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, like we're saying, like with Carly, like she has lots of customers that come back because she uses better product. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, because she has that value, the money will follow. If she, I mean, raises her prices, the money will still keep coming. Absolutely. Because she's bringing, yeah, because you can raise prices and you can have higher prices as long as the value is there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you don't got that stuff, then. And, like, right now, Sean is kind of in the next step of, like, creating those systems, too. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did for Stable Living when I started mm-hmm. working there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I would say the medium part of the business, if you want to make it big, you have to break down everything. Because otherwise, you know, as it scales, there's no way for you to replicate what you're doing as you add employees. Which, 
even right now, like at Stable Living, we're learning that every home's different. Even though we have the same system, everything kind of gets changed over. We lose things in communication. Um, so breaking down everything you do so that you can scale at that medium point, because always you're not going to scale without that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so. So, yeah. And it's really helped Sean and I since we uh, hired our little office assistant. Love it. Um, we've been having to write things down and like make those processes so she can just look at them when we teach her. Yes, because I'm not the best teacher without something to guide me in my teachings. Mm -hmm. Because I'll just go like, oh, and then this is what I do, and this is what I do. Or the other day he was just doing it and not speaking any words. Yeah, Yeah, I'm like, you should just be able to follow what I'm doing, right? Because that's how everyone learns now. But yeah, so if you have a step-by-step on a sheet, then she'll be like, oh, this is what you're doing, this is what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Because then you can like go through the sheet with them while you're doing the steps. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, like, a major, major, like, middle point that needs to be done mm-hmm. is creating those systems. Yeah, I think that's a lot of companies hit that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know um, when you hit 50 employees, like, you have to have policies for everything. I didn't know that. I guess I didn't know that either. HR yeah. becomes a big thing at 50, I know. Yeah. yeah. Healthcare. Health insurance. Yeah. Yeah, because then you have to do FMLA and stuff like that, too. Ryan, I've got an even better idea for you. Oh, boy. If you just started a hospital, you could provide health care to everyone. Long-term goals. Oh, okay. Long. Long. Cody says five years. I say by the end of my life, but... Dude. (laughs) I mean, if you could open a hospital by the end of your life, you're doing pretty good. I would hope so. I'm talking about a fucking hospital. I'm not talking about, like, a clinic. I know. That'd be crazy, dude. Actually, I think a good way or a good niche for that would be um, having like an affordable hospital. Because right now there's markups of like a thousand percent on everything. So if you had a hospital where like your markups were only a hundred percent, dude, oh my God, the amount of customers you would get, mm-hmm. and, you know, and the amount of like praise you'd get for like, oh yeah, we provide this where we only get a hundred percent profit instead of one thousand percent profit you like i think it's a good idea i just don't know how that would all come together but yeah i think you wouldn't be able to like build through insurance too though um that actually might be a thing because yeah what is it you might get a lot of hospitals coming after you yeah i yeah, mean be, no. yeah you'd actually probably get shot <laughs> you would get shot dude you'd yeah. be killed they'd be like all right dickhead we've all had a fucking handshake agreement for the past 50 years that yeah. we charge whatever the hell we want um, you're messing this up what isn't it like mark cuban mark cuban yeah, he, like, started his, like, uh, pharmacy with, like, cheaper medications yeah. and he stuff. He started a pharmacy with a 10% markup. There's only a 10% markup off cost. Mm-hmm. What's that called? Like, GoodRx or something? I don't know. Is that what it I is? Think it's, it's actually pretty big. I'm yeah. not sure. I think it's, it, it's like, open and running now, too. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, dude, it's freaking, you got to think, dude, a lot of these things, the cost is, like, a couple bucks, and they're charging 80 bucks a bottle. Yeah, we were talking to our friends who their uh, dad is a... Veterinarian. Yeah, veterinarian. Yeah. And he was, like, telling them, and they were telling us, like, the prices he gets these medications for. Dude, there's, like, a 1,600% markup on one of the, like, one Just of from, the like, dude. veterinarians. Yeah. It's I'm insane. Like, what? And then you take the same thing and put it in humans, and it's, like, a 3,200% markup. Mm-hmm. It's, like, dude, what? Yeah. Crazy. Which is why we started, like, we started taking Mimi to uh, 
vet outside of Eau Claire, and their prices are so much cheaper. Dude, every, it's just the medications are half the price. Mm. It, it's insane. Hmm. It's crazy. Um, yeah, dude, it's interesting. That's a that's a. But it goes to show, like, I mean, they're bringing good value. Like, they are a really good vet. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure more people go to them because they charge less money. Right. Well, and they still do a good job. And they still do their job. I, I'd say they actually do a better job. Oh, for They've sure. They've handled Mimi so much better than the stupid vets in Eau Claire. I think that goes to sh- show, though, like um, a company that's growing to grow compared to a company that's, like, growing for the customer. Mm-hmm. Um, so one's for they're both for profit, right? But you can clearly tell one is to like really take advantage of the market, and the other one is to provide value. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty clear to see. So medium-sized businesses. What else? Medium-sized. Yeah, know. I would say uh, core team members really trying to like build up like a strong foundation of team members. That I mean. You always have people coming and going, but that team at the medium size, I think, matters a lot more because, I mean, a few people leave and then you're back focusing on surviving versus the system that you're trying to create so you can scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a few trusting people um, and then building around them, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Investing in them. Yeah, I think a, a good team is crucial at a medium stage if you want to because you need – it's like that traction we talked to. There's like you you have essentially four or five key team members, and without those four or five key team members, it's falling on someone else, and you're not able to grow mm-hmm. the, the way you should. Um, yeah. So system team members. I would say the other thing. I mean, not for stable living as much because our customers are like they don't have enough homes at all, um, but that medium size to get to the large size, like for you building that brand probably in that medium mm. size. So that like, mm. you know, that customers are always coming in. Cause even though there's an overload in construction, yeah, I'm sure, you know, keeping multiple crews busy all the time would be pretty difficult without a brand. Yeah. And actually I was talking to um, some people about that. And right now the market's so hot that, I even talked to the guy at Carpet City about that. The market's so hot right now. Like, he's like, yeah, we'll just hire anyone. But when the market slows down, the only way you're going to keep getting work is if you provide better value than everyone else. Mm -hmm. And it's not even really about prices. It's like, do you give the best work? Mm -hmm. And you, like, like with social media now, too, if you do a shitty job... People will blast you on Facebook. Dude, Facebook Marketplace destroys people. Oh, my gosh. I've seen, especially this past, like, year or two, Mm -hmm. I've seen so many people just call out these construction companies or construction Mm -hmm. guys for doing shitty jobs. So, branding is, uh, branding, I would say, is key. Mm. Branding's really good. Yeah. And, like, right now, I'm, like, working on a website for two-tome improvement as well. Yeah. Or if you end up changing the name down the road. Yeah. Whatever. You should get going on Google reviews. Dude, I really need to. Mm-hmm. Want to write a review for me? Is it on Google? Uh, not yet. We got to make a business first. You should go to Dan for that, for help, probably. Not. Yeah, dude, I did talk to Dan about that stuff. He's uh, 
that's his wheelhouse. So if you sure. get someone just to type in like rental construction, Toots Home Improvement oh, pops yeah. up. Unit turnover, rental, yeah, rental construction, anything like that, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that'd be really good, actually. Truth, because yeah, we, you and I have talked about that a lot. Most construction companies, they are construction guys who mm-hmm. were laborers and were like, I'm going to go do this on my own because I can make more money. Mm-hmm. They're not business-minded people. And so if you can have essentially somebody caring to the customer um, with a business mind, the potential is so much greater. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, someone that's focusing just on the business itself. At some, it depends on your goals, I guess. But if you want to get big in construction, you need someone like that's just business. And then someone that's just crew, I think, at some point. But mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of what Sean has been trying to figure out. Because he wants to do, like, just Legion. But at the same time, like, if he's helping Kyle, then work gets done faster. It's kind of fun. I like going and working sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I th- at the level you're at, that probably would be okay, I think. Oh, but. yeah. And it's it's probably going to end up being me down the road once I quit my full time job. Then I can actually focus on tutors of life and to toe improvement Dude, more. It's crazy to see what the growth, like what the potential in a in a construction market is. Because um, like the little companies are just kind of like one off guys, and then you build it to like what I've seen with a few is like when you have a couple crews. It seems to be a pretty solid company where they stay busy all the time. Once you build out to like a whole team and you have a big company, dude, the the projects you're bidding out to keep your guys busy. I, I was just talking to one of my friends who works for a company. There was a million dollar project. They won the bid by $700. Oh, Set. So oh, you're talking God. about a million dollar project, and they won the bid by seven hundred dollars. The other bid was. Bro, you, well, yeah. of course you can't tell me absolutely, <laughs> yeah. but like, dude, right now that's crazy. Just on a fucking roofing project, I will get bids anywhere from eight grand to thirty grand yeah. for a roof, and I'm and that's for like a couple man crew, and I just look at that and I'm like, okay, we're talking about a twenty. $2,000 discrepancy. How, when we're talking about a million dollars in big companies, are we talking about a $700 discrepancy? That is crazy competitive. Mm-hmm. That is insane. And so, but yeah, I don't know. That's, that's one thing I think about is like, would I want to get as big as somebody like that? Because the, just the headache to keep guys busy is almost like, detrimental to the company oh, where yeah. if you can really have yeah. a strong couple company crews. with a few crews a couple few crews then you can just provide such a good value mm-hmm. and you just have a good solid company mm-hmm. which i feel like your niche would probably have to change a lot to get big big because yeah. i'm sure like the big jobs aren't going to be unit turnover it's going to be build this new building for me yeah so like you almost have to have someone that's an expert in that that you just yeah yeah which Sean's seen a little bit of that working with uh, our friend Nate. Yeah. But he built houses. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I've Those seen some of that cool. with like that, but dude, I couldn't imagine. Build me a hospital. That's Sean. what I'm saying, dude. I, feel like, I couldn't imagine yeah. like a market in Johnson going from like a residential build, and even residential build like that is like, wow, there's a there's a 
good amount of detail in this that you gotta, I mean, mm -hmm. you have to know. But then to go to like big, big commercial apartment complex, fucking, dude, you're talking ground up, that whole project, holy man, I mm -hmm. couldn't imagine what that even looks like. Right. That's insane. Plus, I mean, imagine how much you'd have to just know to like, because those inspectors, like the city, like the things that we were learning at like the last Whiskeria, oh, like, man, oh my golly. Yeah, those, and those projects take a few years for yeah. those projects to be completed. Yeah, because you, I mean, have to to go through the approval process. Because sometimes they don't approve it, like at yeah. a meeting, like you have to wait till the next month. Mm -hmm. Get all the permits. Yeah, dude, it's mm -hmm. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, so I honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know if that's my um, what if I'm interested in that at all. I mean, I could maybe like do that for like projects, property management. I like I could I could do that for like you know maybe if I had somebody build me something or I like oversaw a project for my personal stuff but I don't think I would want to take a business in that route. I wouldn't either. Yeah, I think there yeah there's a lot of other things I would want to do to take a business somewhere mm -hmm. than there. The reason why I say keep saying that is I just think of Logan Rakin and how many buildings he's able to acquire because of that and oh, how many unit turnovers he could I, probably do. I would love to see because. Um, I mean, for, for something like that and the control, that's I'm super excited to go watch Logan um, to learn about the control aspect and like the system aspect because it's absolutely true. If if we were acquiring a property and we knew, so so say we had 500 properties under our control, right? And we just know, oh yeah, I need to have a crew of six guys, eight guys, two for maintenance, and then four for unit turnovers or whatever, and we know we have 500 units and that's consistent, Doo -doo 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 -doo. you know, we always have unit turnovers. And then um, you just know, oh, I gotta have a couple guys in the office or a couple get whatever for staff. I think that becomes a very stable business as long as you're treating your customers right, right? Because if you treat people like shit and you get 50 units pulled, that's gonna affect you. But yeah. if you're providing that value and being very upfront with everything you're doing, um, and yeah, we're going to put this floor in and do this. It's going to be $2,000 more, but you're never going to have to worry about that for the rest no. of the, mm -hmm. the life of your property. And I think that, I think the explanation would turn a lot of customers on yeah. like presenting them with two offers saying email, Hey, we have a unit turnover. We can do it for three grand or we can do it for five. And this is what you get. Mm. Or you can do it yourself and you might be out a couple months of rent. What would you like to do? Right. You know? I feel like the only issue is, um, like, we were discussing this the other day with the property man. Wait, we're back on, not on the same topic. That's all right. That's all right. This is more fun. Um, But, <laughs> like, they're, like, and, and maybe it's something when you sign, like, a contract with the company, then, like, they can decide then and there, like, if they want those options. Yeah. Because, like, we signed a contract with our company, and pretty much it's so, like, they we just want them to leave us alone. Like, yeah. they except make the for, decisions. Except for big. Yeah. Except for like remodels, rehabs, shit like that, kind of just leave us alone. Yeah. Um, but we're even seeing with that that like, fuck, that adds up. Getting left alone adds up. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, that. But but yeah, I mean that's that's usually what people sign up for when they get a property management company. Right. So if you wanted to do that, it'd probably be something right from the get go. You would tell them like, Hey, do you want us to just leave you alone completely? Or do you want us to like, let you know if something's yeah. going to cost think, more than like five grand? I think a lot of people think that 
I think a lot of people say that, mm. um, but then when they see that they um, lost money in a month, then they're like, oh, wait a second. That would have been really cool to know I was going to lose money this month. Right. That's true. Because a lot of people are going to be open to it, right? Like, oh, yeah, if, if I know, hey, just so you know, you're not going to make money this month because of this, this, and this. You'd be like, oh, okay, sounds good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But when you just get your statement in yeah. and you lost money and you go, wait a second, holy shit, that would have been great to know. I couldn't count on this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that. but that I think also is building out the middle part of a company in the value. Yeah. Like, yes, a customer might say this, but have we had customers get upset with it in the past? Right. Or whatever. Or, like, just a, a quick email halfway through the month. Hey, check it out. This is coming up, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And plus the goal with product management is to be probably pretty passive and not have to do anything. So that's more of a what do you want to do with your investment and your time kind of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. But Absolutely. Right. I, just, I would say personally, the only reason why I'm going down the road of, that right now which could very much change um is because my goal is to manage my asset to make more money to leverage into more assets yeah so if i don't have really hard control on my asset how am i going to maximize it that's true Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense but we'll see and i suppose if you're part like if you're partnering with other people for a property management company that's not as bad it would be a team it'd be a team effort yeah yeah instead of just yeah making it your own thing yeah well just, yeah like me personally even if i do the property management side one day and like grow that out i'm probably going to hire someone either sean or someone like sean to be on the team that's going to run the maintenance and turnover team yeah. one day because i don't want to do that i'm not good at that right but i didn't even realize too how good gt is because you and eva are obviously gray Sean and I are tutors. Kyle and Katie are also tutors if we had them join. Literally. Why do you think Ryan and I invented that? Oh, yeah. That's literally why we invented that company. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Then we can only, only like, if anybody wants to partner in, they have to have last names starting with G or T. <laughs> Nothing else. Yeah, exactly. You're automatically banned. Yep. Peasant. No more partners. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, dude, no, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I would, yeah partners i would keep at a minimum min imam um yeah so what else do you got for middle part of business so systems i would think a culture a company culture yeah yeah which does that kind of go with your brand are you talking about like culture like with your employees i would say both yeah in like internal wise your company culture and how that's supposed to yeah flow and work and that's like uh with my full-time job that's kind of why I like went back mm-hmm. was because I love the culture. Like I love the people I work with. We get to do fun things all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because of COVID, we didn't get to as much, mm-hmm. but it is like a good culture. Yeah. Cause that's separate from your company's brand. hundred percent. No. Yeah, yeah. 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 For sure. I would say that's the, probably the hardest, one of the hardest parts to create. Uh huh. I would think so. It creates itself and, yeah. It's hard, especially as, like, in my standpoint, being the owner, it's hard to create the, that because that separation from employee to owner. Mm. I'm sure, like, at your company, your culture is made probably yeah. by not just your owners, probably everyone. Yeah, I mean, you, some of it yeah. is from, like, things the owners, like, supply. So, and we have, like, a Christmas party and a family picnic in the summer. Um, we get 
uh, t-shirts every year. Um, and so we do like some fun things throughout the year. So we'll have like pizza parties or, uh, I would things. also say for that aspect, um, what's really appealing about a company like that. And I've thought about companies like that, um, to run is like you get the team aspect where everybody's in a warehouse Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you have the teams, you have the managers, but you still get to see other teams and managers throughout the day where like stable living, you don't, you don't, there's individual houses. You don't see that stuff. You don't get that big team involvement. Mm -hmm. Um, and same with the construction company, you once you have crews and stuff going out, you don't really have that team where like that is one thing I really, really like about doing some sort of company like Gold Star mm-hmm. is the the team building you'd get. Mm-hmm. Everybody, the, the culture, right, would be so much easier to create a culture in that environment Yeah, um, that everybody enjoys going to work. And you can get rid of your people that don't fit so much easier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, because you could see it in a matter of a couple months. Hey, are these a good culture fit? If they're not a good culture fit, they you can you know talk to them about change, or they have to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, That's kind of what like why I really like the idea of expanding tutors of life. Because we could do that more. Could be that, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Especially if we like eventually do apparel, um, and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, that is hard with stable living. So I mean, hard. I remember when we did the Christmas party though. That was so much fun. And I think it was, like, I think your employees really enjoyed, like, getting to see everyone yeah. and meet everyone. Mm-hmm. And you got to have the uh, residents come and join, too. Yeah, I would say our much. hardest thing now is the separation from in-workers in the home and then the office workers. And that kind of, like, trying to make it so everyone's mm-hmm. on a team. Like, we actually, like, care about each other and understand, right. like, our positions. Because a lot of it's... A disdain, I would say, for that separation. Like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. But culture wise, I would say, like, you know, all those parties and stuff really help a lot. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, when you went to a Menards party or something, yeah, you know, like, that's a lot different than I'm sure a Gold Star party. Like, there's something. Yeah. Dude, actually, I don't know. Because, like, at least for what, because I worked in the warehouse at Menards. And so when we would have the little parties, you just hung out with the guys that you hung out in the warehouse yeah. with every day. And Gold Star is kind of like that, too, because it's the same people you're hanging out with them mm. and their spouses. So, I mean, it's almost like a now bigger it is. scale thing. I think, I think now, like, the bigger you get, that's how it's going to be. Yeah. Because, like, our first Christmas party we went to for Gold Star was not that way. We talked to everyone. Yeah. And now, like, Gold Star... I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. Because now that Gold Star, also, we have two different warehouses. Yeah. So... We pretty, like, everyone in my warehouse kind of hangs out with each other, and everyone in the other warehouse kind of hangs out with each other. That's a really good point, We don't really intermingle. We intermingled quite a bit at Hunter's get-together. Yeah, you kind of, it does, I mean, as you grow, you kind of just fall into your teams. Yeah, and I think as long as, like, you make sure your teams do things together, I think that helps. But, like, I don't think you... And that's how Gold Star is. Like, each team has, like, their own personal budget per quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I mean, we group ourselves a lot with CS, uh, customer service, mm-hmm. just because there's only three of them. Mm-hmm. And 
so we'll like go to Cancun together. We'll get coffee together. Like we'll go do things as like a group of us. And think of how much easier that is to get a team together compared to a company together. Right, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So maybe you could always like try that, Ryan. I mean, I know yeah. it's hard for you too. Yeah, I like that idea because I think a lot of the times like. We try to fit everybody into everything and, you know, having that home one team go do something once in a while, home three go do something or mm-hmm. office go do something mm-hmm. together. I mean, that's your team where when you get really big, sometimes like negativity can get brought in through one or two areas and yeah. Dude, I would, bring you down. I would so. think another problem is <laughs> like you have home three, which is nothing like a home two and they start talking about like their house and how they do things mm-hmm. and that can bring a lot of like hey no we are nothing alike no yeah. like we might have the same systems but our culture is nothing alike no. right and you can't even when they try to compare that it's that's not healthy either and you could always maybe compare like two similar houses yeah um if you wanted like a little bit bigger of a group and to try and intermingle people mm-hmm. it's just so hard since you have to have someone working 24 7 very hard that's yeah. really difficult yeah very difficult um but i don't know uh-huh. challenges fun challenges yeah yeah culture is a good one i did i don't really think about culture very much yeah that's all i think about i'm not surprised no it's <laughs> not, not no it's not <laughs> not, not, not. <laughs> um okay, no you want to have some kind of job where you can whip shitties in a porsche and uh, dude, make money off of it i tell you that is like um i've watched uh Rob Bailey had a TV show years ago and like their company culture, like they, like you'd see them like working during the day doing that stuff. And then like at lunch or whatever, they would just fuck off and do stuff because they're all in one warehouse. And I was like, that'd be a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Like, so you got that. Uh-huh. It's just so easy to do that when everyone's together. Yeah. But the businesses we have, that doesn't really work. Tutors of Life could go into that though. They could. For sure. Um, we need a warehouse now. Yeah, a warehouse would be cool. Ryan, find us a warehouse. Where Maybe you? foundation first for this one. Oh, yeah, good call. Good call, good no. call. Sorry, yeah, Sam. foundation. Thank no. you, Ryan. Well, I no, just we want need, a big Oh, no, no, no. We need a warehouse for two tell me permit, too, though. I mean, we don't need one, but it'd be super nice to have a big area. Well, what, where am I going to store all these cars? Exactly. I'm gonna store all these cars. No. Man. We Maybe. definitely need one. Yeah. yeah. It'd be nice to have one, but not massive because, like, I know what it costs to heat a big warehouse. And that's a lot more than mortgage. So uh, So we should honestly probably build one and put in floor heating in. No, because that's even way more. Is it? Fuck to build? Oh, well I was talking about like heating wise. Like you oh, save heating, money on heating no, wise. Heating wise you save money. Yeah. Long term you save money, but you have to have such a huge capital up front and you know that, oh yeah, we don't get to use this for three years. Yeah. We just need to get land, and then we can just build it in two, three years. Then you're six years out. Step by step, I guess. Oh, my goodness. I love the foundation idea. Whatever. Cool. Got anything else? Middle part of business? Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the middle part. A lot. But, I mean, I think really building out... It's hard to say, because, like, what point is an HR person needed? What point... Like, all these intricate things that's, like... To me, that's a large business when you have to have departments that are not just workers and managers yeah mm-hmm. but we're to the point now where it's like we almost need to break stuff up and like our next hire after cody like our big thing now is like well what is like is he going to be 
operations or is he going to be managing top people and they go someone else's behaviors and working directly with the right. clients and right. managers and like breaking all those jobs up yeah absolutely like yeah. sales and i mean i'm sure with like gold star someone goes and buys everything but they don't worry about anything other than that and all those different that's jobs true. that's very true mm-hmm. yeah that's the middle point of the company for sure just more building out the team into those intricate roles mm-hmm. yeah where they're best fit and, like, deciding where you fit in, like, as cool. an owner. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, and, like, that's kind of how you are. Like, oh. you, parts of your team want you to be involved. Yeah. But at the same time, like, most companies, they get yeah. to a point and the owners aren't really involved anymore. Like, they'll oversee yeah. everything and. Yeah. The thing I've noticed is, like, like, after Sean left, we were in a good point for a little bit. Yeah. And a lot of the times with, like, that owner mentality until you have that manager that can do it. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, if something starts failing in your, let's say, your bicycle, uh-huh. like, unless you have a really good operations manager, like, no one, unless he's a go-getter killer, like, who's going to go fix that bicycle? Yeah. Right. And that that's almost, yeah, because it, then it shows, like, every time yeah. the company's not doing good, then the owner's involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, so. I mean, for some businesses, that could be for a long time. Oh, uh, yeah. So I think, yeah. I mean, also training that operations manager or just hiring an expert stud that knows mm. how to do it. Mm. Like right now, Cody's good, but at the same time, we've uh, never ran into a lot of the issues we run into. So, so a CEO, right? Yeah. That is like the oversight, the visionary, the progressing, just like the overall looking at the whole company picture and going like, where are we going and how are we going to get there? Mm-hmm. Um and then the operations manager or the COO takes the shit from the CEO and goes, yeah, I'll implement that. Or that's not even possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, your personality, Ryan, I would think is the CEO for sure. Mm-hmm. And just the, hey, this is the vision. This is my ideas. And then having a CEO, COO to implement, I think is... Uh, well, Brian's small enough. I think he can just have an operations manager first. Oh, no, no, for sure, for sure. I'm just saying, like, big long picture, term, long term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. long forward. term, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, right now, I mean, if you have an operations manager, you can just drop that role in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Which I would say, yeah, Cody does good at operating systems for the most part, but the hard part is the managing of the people. People in higher roles. Mm. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like teaching roles. Like he's not good. Like if he's never done it, he's not good at building a system out, but he's good right. at running a system that's already there. Yep. Yeah. That, that makes, makes a lot so of like sense. So like HR where we struggled a lot. Uh-huh. Um, like if I asked him to create out her job duties, I could do that. Yeah. He could not do that. Yeah. yeah that makes But a lot he of could sense. make her do it after it's created. Yeah. So yeah, he'd be just a good like overall like overseer of the operations yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but i waste a lot of time now doing maintenance i would say yeah being the mechanic on uh-huh. say, like keeping things alive yeah. yeah that makes sense which isn't good long term i would say long term it's not no i agree yeah long term you need to be in your like ceo position role yeah yeah I would say that's why I've always been like push growth to is then you can really hire out those positions, I think. Because yeah. like right now, it's like it'd be really nice to hire a CEO that could do, well, maybe a not CEO, CEO but a COO that yeah. is that mechanic. But yep. at the same time, 
we can't really afford a mechanic right, right now. Right. right. Yeah, that's a mm. that's a high paying role. Yeah. Yeah, figuring out the like, I, I kind of want to call it, like the order of operations. Yeah. Um, it's like something I've never really thought about because is like an operations manager at the same level as an HR. No, and then I don't think so. You don't think so? Mm-mm. So, like, how I would picture it would be, like, you would have a GM who would oversee everything. Yep. And then you would have, like, the... So, I'm thinking of... Uh, it was attraction. Oh, you're thinking of an operations manager. So, like, an operations mind. HR something. Mm. I see what you're saying, because the HR is kind of standalone. Yeah. The so, operations manager. So they're all overseas. technically like on the same plane, yeah. but they would have someone above them. A general above them. A directing that all of them. That actually we makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would that be the COO above all of them or the CEO? Because then you'd... I think it would be a GM because the GM yeah. would actually have to be involved quite a bit. Uh, and then like, so I guess they would actually almost be like a COO. I almost think that's, yeah, because Cody's a good, I would say, a general manager running the system of AFH and CSL. Like, he's good at that. Yeah. But we don't, he's not that respectful, like, respected leader that when he walks in that everyone's like, hey, HR, hey, this position, you need to change, and we need to do this, this, this. Mm. And it's like, yeah, yeah, like, that makes sense. Cody's more of the, like, let's get it done type, I would say. Yeah, so he would almost be... Which I guess, yeah, in a role of the operations manager overseeing. Unless if you had like the GM, and then the GM told like the operations manager, "Hey, I need these systems created." Yeah, then, I see what you're saying, but then yeah, I mean, yeah, because then he would just make sure that those systems are like run through. Yeah, as well. but then yeah, then he also has to oversee the other departments too, HR and, and as a GM, else, as a GM, yeah, yeah. But, the, the, like, I mean, he would just be delegating tasks, tasks, the other yeah. tasks, and just overseeing and making sure they're doing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Anyways. There's a lot of shit to the middle yeah. of a company. Yeah, there is. What did we learn? One person should only oversee three people or something? Oh, boy. Yeah. I think I, that's a little I heard off. that. I don't even remember where I heard that. Oh. I think it was at Mastermind. Yeah, 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 yeah. One, so the best. Direct. Directly. Yeah. Directly. So directly for the best efficiency is one person or like so a supervisor over three people. And so you could have like a manager overseeing three supervisors overseeing each of them overseeing three employees. Employees. So you could have a manager overseeing essentially nine, twelve oh twelve people, but they're only directly dealing with three. Yeah. Um I, it's just so yeah. I, Ryan. Your business is just so That's weird tough. in some aspects. It's yeah, only it's because different. it's only because you, like you have to run twenty four seven. It makes it hard. Hundred percent. Yeah. Which that's why CSL. We're like that's Let's our big this. focus now is trying to figure that out. I like that. Yeah. For sure. Cool. That's that's what I got for today. That's what I got. Got did, anything else, Ryan? Did we kind of clear things up that uh, from Friday a little bit? I think so. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I basically said to Sean, which I texted him, yeah. is by pr- focusing on the value, money will come, basically, mm-hmm. versus focusing on the money will get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. you have to wait till you're at the middle point. You're already making yeah. money, yep. starting to grow. Yeah. Then focus on value. Yeah. Because that's kind of like, I mean, you guys had to kind of focus on value at first. Oh, well, we had to bring value and we brought value, which... Money, money, right? And money keeps yeah. coming because they all know you bring value to your right. clients. Yep. Yep. So, 
Cool. Well, hey, guys, check us out on tutorsoflife.com for blogs. Check us. Check our YouTube out. Watch our videos. Tutors of Life. Tutors of Life on YouTube. If you want a Corvette, uh, let me know. Uh, send us a message. I won't deliver unless you're in Eau Claire. Ryan, where can they find you? Um, Ryan Jason Gray on Instagram. That's about it. There Love you it. go. <laughs> okay, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. See Bye-bye. ya. Bye. Bye.